welcome to the SOAR podcast, the school podcast down here at SOAR in Ogden, Utah. I am here with Dustin, Wes, and Frank today. We're just going to talk recovery, letting people know what's on our hearts. And you can find this podcast every Saturday morning around 1030 to 1130. And then we will upload these podcasts on Monday. So I'm going to turn it over to the fellas in the studio and let them introduce themselves and start the conversation. LT, that was beautiful. Thanks, Thank LT. You. <laughs> well, we've been talking here, you know, for the past 15 minutes before we went live about um, just the struggle. Like, you know, for me, I just get tired of always having to compete, you know, with my poor minds, with my mindsets when I get negative or depressed or even like the feelings of, um, letting people down when I'm not always on, you know, and, uh, you know, my wife's family just, just, uh, like a week ago, um, that they, they had a suicide, um, young guy, uh, I think he was 34, you know, um, and we were talking, I was, you know, a lot of people will say this about suicide. They'll say, well, suicide isn't the answer. Um, but yeah, we don't I, see it. That yeah. Way, well, the thing that I say is like, when you get, I've been there and, and you guys have too, and I've gotten twisted up in my head and have, and been so irritated in my brain. And I, I mean, I've thought about suicide, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I've thought about like, I'm so tired of this mindset. Like, and, and you're really sick. You know what you I'm just saying? don't see another way out. Yeah, yeah it seems so like it's the hard best to, option. Yeah, so yeah. it's hard. It's hard to say suicide isn't the option because, like, in your brain, like you can't you can't compare no. yourself or your struggles to someone else, even if the situation looks similar. So, say, like, you know, someone goes through a divorce or losing their kid, and then they commit suicide. Well, someone else from the outside will can be like, "Well, I've done that. Like, I had a divorce, or I whatever, and then I didn't do that." But like you can't look from the outside and see how someone is living life in their brains, you know? Yeah. I've, ex I've experienced it. Like my best friend, he, he committed suicide and, um, I just remember how sick he was and to them, they feel like there's such a burden on everybody, you know, the, and the, right. that's the best option. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you said that. I didn't think of it. I didn't think of that. The, the, the burden they feel yeah. or, and it, it's the same thing with us. Like a lot of times I just, Felt like I was such a pain in the ass for my wife or my right. family, and because it was always me, I you know everywhere I go, you know, if my my mood determines how this family party is gonna right. be. You know, right. I, I walk into the family party in like a negative mood, and then everyone's walk, yeah, everyone's yeah. walking on eggshells, and and I and I don't want them to feel like that, right. but like I can't change my mood. Yeah. So then I go out and I sit, I go outside and. Please, God, help me to just be in a better mood. Yeah. And then you go back in and then everyone, you know, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. This is just where I'm at at this moment. Right. You just got to put on that smile and yeah. just fake it till you make right. it. <laughs> I, and that's that's the pain, the, the, the thing. I've been struggling this, you know, probably the last three or four days with with my mood. And, and I've gone down, you know, and I've been yeah. low. And, and me being in this position with, uh, this program, you know, the, the yeah. founder of SOAR and well, it's hard. You feel like there's all, all these expectations to always be right. the guy, 
Yeah. And like you always got to like, you know, have all the answers and always have to be positive in your recovery. But the fact is, it's like, it's not how it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a false hope yeah. because you can't promise, you know, people getting sober that, hey, yeah. life's going to be beautiful from here on out. It's going to be better than how it was, yeah. but life is still life. Like, we, we use the program more than anybody. Yeah. Still. Right. Oh, know? yeah. That's, and that, <laughs> the, you know, the people often say, they're like, oh, are, are you mad at me? You know? No, <laughs> stop being selfish. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But like, what well, no, happens I'm, to all I'm of us? Not, you know, I'm not yeah. mad. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm twisted up, just like you get twisted up. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I mean, I'm coming, so I'm coming up on two years. Uh, clean and sober and you know i do pretty well in my mind i'd say right and then recently i have some some family issues come up and i realize like how much i'm still suffering from childhood traumas yeah you know and that's two years into it wow. you know doing amazing in my mind in life and work everything and then just like that you know some some stuff surfaces up and i realize like where i'm at still and i don't think it I don't think it ever goes away. I think we just, we learn how to, our minds become calloused and we learn how to deal with wow. it better. That's dope. You know what I mean? Cause it's like walking a balance where it's like, you know, you don't always want to be stuck in the self pity and remorse and like stuck in right. these problems. But at the same time, you don't want to like always just push them out and like block them off. So there's like, you have to walk this fine line of like, you know, in a certain setting or like therapy, like I have to deal with the shit that yeah. I've been through but I also can't always just live in it. That know? was kind of the realization I had. Like, I think, I think my mind has been trained to just keep stuffing this stuff and just distract myself enough to where it doesn't come up and I don't have to deal with it. But I mean, it, I need to deal with it, especially because it's going to keep coming up. You yeah, know what right. I mean? But yeah. since you've been living out here, you're not always around your family. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, you don't always have to deal with like, you know, the stuff in your past with the, you know, your family and yeah. your parents and siblings or, you know, daughter, whatever, all that stuff. But then you've mentioned, even when you go back home, like even if you're home for three days, like, you know, you'll be like, God, I yeah. want to drink right now. A lot of those behaviors relapse. start coming up and those old thoughts and it's just kind of a dangerous place for me to be. Yeah. You know, and that's, I've done a good job at keeping myself safe, you know, out here, but ultimately, I mean, I can't, just hide out in my safe place forever. Yeah. Right? You know, so I, I need to get, I need to get healthy yeah. uh, mentally and, yeah. and deal with these traumas and these issues that resurface every once in a while. Yeah. Mentally healthy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like a, your, your, our appearance, you know, and we might be able to do some amazing things in the gym or, yeah, or have it together at work yeah. or, you know, my nutrition's good. Everybody on the outside, it looks like I got it all figured out. Right. But in reality, I'm just a struggling student still. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are. Well, yes, I think we always will be. I mean, we're all, you know, coaches working with people. But yeah. and but but yeah, and I I I let people know too. You know, even clients and people like, look, man, like I'm not always. I, I can't be all things to everybody right. as a coach. Like. Yeah. We don't, don't, don't have it set all that. Out. Don't please don't put that expectation on me. Right. You know, because you're going to see like a, <laughs> a personality in me sometimes that maybe you won't like and say, Oh shit. You know, Dustin's yeah. got to isolate and go for a, a jog. And, and I always think like, nobody uses it as much as I do. You yeah. Know? Like, and, and I'll be damned if 
I, you know, I, it's, I've been really honest in my 10 years of, of who I am. Um, mm -hmm. Like even when I relapsed in 2016 and 2013 and, and anytime I was struggling, I, everyone knew, right. You know, all my community knew I kind of stepped away. I was always honest <clears throat> and it, it was a good thing. This is the way I looked at it. I looked at it like, if I'm not honest, I, if I'm not honest, I stopped being able to use the program that I yeah. started for me. Yeah. You know, I, I started war like as a, I to change my life. And then I thought oh, I'm going to invite, I'll show yeah. people, I can show people this. And that's really how it started. But, but if I stopped being honest, like then I can't use the, I can't use the program. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so, um, but it, it's also bit me and bit me in the ass a few times. People have used that against me and right. gone out and said things and, the war has been around for 10 years, but you've only been sober yeah, for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, against me and I don't care. You know, where it's at now with you guys and, and uh, you know, Frank running it and turning a lot of it over to him and, and I don't feel that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's been – that's really helped me like in my sobriety. Like I don't yeah. – I know I got – if Dustin Hawkins is removed from the picture yeah. – I don't always got to, it's not just me. Like, yeah. Oh, if Dustin Hawkins, like the program could still move on and it's just not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And look what it's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. We're in this new building. Yeah. We got a good group right now. I mean, we're helping a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's I don't just, know. It's, I just see big things in the future. Yeah. Like, we're just helping people. Yeah. It's really cool. And all those like pressures and expectations that you put on yourself or you think other people put on you, you like you don't have to always carry that around, you right. know. I often think that like I'm in you know, it's such a good place where it's like I like to think, Oh, I don't care what other people think about me, but oftentimes I come back and I realize like, God, oh, I do care or I do compare myself to other people more than I want to. Right. Like even in the gym or something, I'll look at someone else lifting. I'm like, God, like I've been doing this for two and a half years. Why can't I be there? <laughs> or even in my mind, like I think yeah. I'm mentally tough. And then some workouts halfway through, I have to coach myself to keep going. Cause I'm like, yeah. Frank, you should just give up. Like yeah. this is hard. You're breathing so hard. Yeah. And then I have yeah. to fight through that. And I'm like, why am I not better by now? Why can I not just complete every workout yeah, beautifully yeah. and be like, David Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like some days you just don't got it. Right. You know, the gym. Yeah. Well, the gym gets harder. You know, the gym gets harder the more you get into it. Like yeah, everyone, yeah. you know, because you, you're able to take your intensity higher. Yeah, you're you know? tapping into that other. So, like, that's what people don't realize is like you, yeah. the, the better you get at the gym, the more fit you harder. get. It actually gets, it actually, your workouts yeah. become harder. For sure. You know, we, we did that row one yesterday. It was, it was uh, row, row intervals for a thousand meter row, rest three minutes times four, right? And like, you don't, you don't think that's too hard, you know? So, but my goal was to maintain it for, you know, at about a 145 to 147 pace, mm -hmm. each set. So I rest three minutes. Well, so rowing, you know, it took about three and a half minutes to hit, get that thousand meters dude like i was thinking you know how like we struggle with boredom and like at least i do like yeah. i struggle oh, bad yeah. with like monotony like the Definitely. monotony and I, I was thinking dude three and a half minutes on a boring row machine at that intensity and how uncomfortable i was and then resting three times and doing that for four four sets like 
imagine what that like teaches your brain. Right. Yeah. Like, dude, I know three and a half min minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but yeah. when you're trying to hold a pace, yeah, yeah, and you're forever. watching on the clock, <laughs> yeah. it and counts going every so minute. Slow. And I, I'm, I was getting mad at the clock. I was like, Ugh, go faster. <laughs> like, why is this taking so long? I like, know. but I, I, I got off of it, and I, and I was thinking, dude, like, the what, what an interesting way to like learn how to deal with uh, monotony and just being uncomfortable, yeah. you know. I did That's that when on, on Wednesday, I just tried to test my mile time at the track. Yeah. And like a mile's not very far to run. Yeah. I look at all these people I know. They're like, oh, I just did a half marathon yesterday. I'm like, bro, that's 13 of what I did. And I was <laughs> yeah. struggling. Like after on the one, after the third lap, I was looking at the clock. I was like, I've only been doing this for like six minutes. I got to yeah. go a whole other lap. And it's like. In my yeah. mind, it's a struggle, you know? <laughs> oh, dude, it's so... It's just, miles are just boring on a track. To right, me, yeah. You know? It is, but it all is. I mean, like the... It's the monotony thing you're talking yeah. about, though. What does that do for my mind? Like, pushing myself through that and yeah. trying to get my time. Like, I got just over eight minutes. I'm like, God, I want to try to get like under a sub-seven-minute mile and doing that. But in that, like, I don't know, environment, it's different. You know, than like running through interesting scenery. It's like yeah, you just gotta coach yourself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I, you, you know, what we ought to all do is like the goal. You know, for our is to do a do a marathon, like yeah. to run the to run the uh, Ogden Marathon. Yeah, you know, maybe it's his spring, but what is it like twenty like, something miles? Yeah, I mean twenty six miles. miles. I mean, and <laughs> that's something else. You know, we'd have to kind of switch up our training a little bit yeah. and. But it'd be it'd be kind of I that would be seated interesting to see how that yeah. goes. Yeah, like, good accomplishment. You know, for us who we we train a little different, you know. So that's that'd be I think it would be cool. That'd be a good goal, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> you know talk in terms of you know kind of going back to what we were talking about with suicide and getting dark in our heads. Have you guys noticed? Have you captured the I know you have, but maybe we can touch on it. Um, the awareness of how uh, coming in and training, you know, I mean, for me, so I struggle on Sundays. Sundays are a day where I usually go pretty, like, have a hard time, you know, yeah. get that moody, and I start thinking about Monday. And, yeah. well, I, I do, you know, doing these, I, I go for a jog. I don't really want to, you know, especially how hot it's been. And just, just, what that does is is unbelievable you know like i do it a lot to get straightened out to go to my parents or go to my autumn's families to get ready to go in with my family until right. i'm in a, a little better headspace um i don't know what do you guys think about that like it's amazing how you know i, th I keep thinking about autumn's family member and suicide and stuff but if if we could teach people how to just use exercise a little like and that's what we're doing yeah mm -hmm. but if we could teach people the coping skill of look and it doesn't even have to be this crazy ass intensity yeah like like we're kind of we're talking about it but just just, just some just some movement yeah. through a jog and when you get a little uncomfortable maybe you start walking and 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 working on gratitude with the scenery like we're talking about like ah it just seems like if we could just that's such a simple concept that i think god gave us in this life yeah. to use as a coping skill and another way to i don't know man i It'll just change your mindset like i say a hundred percent of the time 
and I'm not saying it's like the, you know, magic pill to cure everything. It's not like, you know, if you learn how to jog or train like this, that your life's going to be perfect. But I'd say 100% of the time, if I'm having a bad mood or dark in my head and I go do something like that, I always feel better. Yeah. You're never mad that you went and did it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it just, I don't know. There's something about, you know, getting a little sweaty and getting your blood boiling. It just allows like gratitude and happiness to enter more smoothly. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I experienced it firsthand this morning. I was pretty dark this morning. Right. Like I said, I've been dealing with some, some trauma um, that resurfaced. And, you know, first thing in the morning, I don't want to go run a mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've done it enough, and I've captured that reward that I, I know it's not going to be a bad experience for me. It's actually what I need to do. Right. Uh, you know, and I feel a lot better, to, you know. Yeah, and like – you know, these kids that are struggling, you know, these younger kids, you know, I work at the high school and, and I, and, and we are, have moved in the direction of working with kids. These kids got a lot to, to deal with. It's different. Definitely. Even when we were kids, I mean, I know you guys are a lot younger than me, but like, dude, there's way more it's to a get stressful world. You know, today. Even just simple things like, <laughs> look, they, you know, this stuff, I think about this one. I, you know, they send out a text to one of their friends. And the little three dots pop up, and, and maybe they were vulnerable on their text. And the little three dots pop up saying that the person's getting ready to respond, yeah. but then they never respond. Yeah. And, they were, yeah. and they don't respond for four hours later. So during that four hours, that kid's got to sit there and wonder. Twist it up. I, I actually kind of was vulnerable. Maybe I told someone I like them, and now they, they don't like me now. Right. No, I, I do that right now. As a, but the, re, I, the reason I know about it is this happens to me. Right. But think that this happens to these kids. So now they got to deal with stuff like that. We didn't have to, I never had so to worry about their that. life and like everyday experiences wrapped up in Social Instagram, and not even Facebook. Facebook is like old for kids yeah. now yeah. for kids. Like Facebook is, Oh, that's for old people. Yeah. Right. Like Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and whatever. Right. And yeah. it's like, I'm not saying that these, these things are inherently bad, but like it can be for a lot of these mindsets. Yeah, you yeah. know, like when I was a kid, it's like you said, I'm a lot longer, younger than you. But all I did when I was a kid was ride bikes and play tag and, you know, <laughs> exactly. flashlight tag in the dark and TP people's houses and run and jump yeah, in the river. You know, a kid. I didn't even get like a, I had a pager in middle school and I got my first cell phone like the summer before ninth grade. You know, <laughs> kids have cell phones when they're in like yeah. third grade. Yeah. And, like, they're not even the flip phones that I, my first one was oh, like smartphones. Like, it's a whole screen and whole world in your media. pocket. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole nother addiction and it's a whole nother way to get insecure and yeah. they're learning it at a young age yeah and so so at a young age they they develop a thought they could develop develop a poor thought about themselves right mm-hmm. and then that that poor thought could keep rolling and rolling as they get older and it's still linked to the insecurities that they've seen over here and maybe yeah. now I, I didn't I didn't feel that insecure and I, when I was a kid but there now but now I really it, feel insecure as in a like yeah I know as, as a recovering substance you know uh drug addict I don't know but I think a lot of it is social media and the way we can communicate which the way we can communicate is a beautiful thing don't get me wrong right yeah. but it's but how like you it, use it. it also twi- tweaks us tweaks us up you yeah. know and what do you think it teaches these young kids though about like patience or hard work? You know, like I've talked about this before, but it's like, you know, you want an answer, you're, Oh, Hey Siri, blah, 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 blah. What's this? And like, 
everything's at your fingertips or right now, or you can do it right now. It's like, you know, I was just thinking even like, you know, 20 years ago, if you're going to write a research paper, oh, you have to go to the library and you have to check out books and do it. Yeah. Like now yeah. you can just do it all right you here. You can do it heart. on your phone, you know? Yeah. Or it's like with people's numbers, like when we went, so Wes and I went rafting down the Weber River a few right. weekends ago oh, and we didn't bring our phones and we didn't prepare to like park a different car where we got out. <laughs> and we were thinking, God, can we borrow someone's cell phone and call someone to pick us up? And I'm like, well, no, we can't. I don't we know don't anyone's know any numbers because <laughs> they're all plugged into my phone. And I was thinking, what numbers can I remember? I can remember like eight of my friend's home phone numbers from when I was like seven yeah. years old. I'm like, oh, I remember. My friend Jackson Bates is set like home phone number yeah. from when I was 10, but I don't know yeah. anyone's numbers right now. Like, yeah, because right. it's just like, I can click it on my phone, you know? Yeah. It's just so easy. Like, dude. what do you think that does for kids? And like, what do you think SOAR and this foundation can teach them in the different direction where it's like, we do stress and adaptation, have them put hard work, patience to get gains and make progress in the gym, which right. is like everyday life. They're not experiencing that. Just to help them up obtain things that are more meaningful right yeah you know i know when we work with our kids here it's like some of the stuff we throw at them <laughs> at the end of their i can i mean it's even the same out of um, you know they have so much more to 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 look at you know yeah. like they they have youtube and so then when yeah. some dude's pitching something at them they've already yeah they, they've heard all that so it's really hard you know but i i don't these kids like there has to be a time where they learn to get out and use, you know, be physical in life and scenery and everything that we're talking about. You know, my, my little girl and her friends, when they hang out, they'll hang out and sit on couches and they're all on their phone. Right. You know, like you just don't see that being great, you yeah. know, but, but it's a blessing in a lot of ways, but a lot of these kids are struggling, man. And I, we, I, I don't know. I think that's like our mission moving forward with kids is to, to teach them to build their life on a foundation of health, you know, yeah. early on and say, look, here's ways that you can deal with stress and anxiety, you know, and then they make that foundation of health. And hopefully by the time there's adults, you know, they'll remember some of the shit yeah. we threw at them they'll and be, be like, deal with the stress actually Dustin life. and Frank and Wes, you know, that I remember when we did that, like it's, this is what I should do. Yeah. I say this all the time when I work with kids. I said, I say, what are you going to do when you wake up one day and you can't be happy? Like you wake up one day and, and you, and for some reason something's different in your brain and it's shadowy and yeah. there's, you don't feel like there's anything going like, what are you going to do? Right. Cause chances are like, like you're going to have to deal with those type of, of thoughts and emotions. Like, are you going to remember that I told you to walk out your front door go for a jog, send out three healthy text messages and talk to your higher power and work on gratitude, you know? Or are you going to seclude in your room? Yeah. And watch Netflix. Netflix exactly. Yeah. You're just getting yeah. your phone. Is that going to help? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I just don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it's tricky. Cause I, a lot of these kids are struggling with suicide like thoughts, yeah. you yeah. know, two, I believe it was two, two kids that I know just in my school and my, and they were in my class struggling, uh, attempted suicide. Yeah. You know, over the pandemic. Right. It's been hard on people. Yeah, definitely. People think and it goes back. Like it's, it's, it's a blessing for us, I think, because we, um, 
we've been there and there's no judgment. Yeah. Well, I know what it's like firsthand. I mean, I tried to commit suicide in 2010. I can't remember if I told this story like on when I was like the guest on the podcast like a year and a half ago or whatever, but right. I don't really like tell many people about this because it's like personal and it's heavy, but I was struggling. I'd been struggling for months. I'd basically been taking ecstasy like multiple times a week for like four or five months straight and it just wreaked havoc on my brain. And all of a sudden I woke up, you know, one day, it wasn't one day, but it was a period of weeks at a time where I couldn't be happy and I wasn't myself. I wasn't the Frank I knew. I didn't know how to relate to my friends anymore or myself. And I was like, I've changed. And something's happening. I'm depressed. I don't see a way out. And after weeks and weeks of dealing with this, one night I was literally just drinking whiskey and I was listening to Neil Young and feeling sorry for myself. And like I had a freaking loaded gun. I had a 40 caliber Glock that was loaded like on the table. And finally I took another big gulp of whiskey, almost threw up, and then I decided it was time. I put the gun to my head with one bullet in the chamber and I pulled the trigger. So like I shot myself in the head and all I heard was like a click. And then immediately, dude, I just remember the most, still to this day, the most intense emotions I've ever felt in my life. Tears started streaming down my face and I started seeing all my family members and friends and people I care about. Like my life didn't flash before my eyes, but all the most important people in my life, I saw their faces in front of my eyes. And like I was shaking and crying, I dropped the gun and then I, what happened i picked up the gun i like unloaded the bullet in the chamber and it popped out and i picked it up and it was like a full 40 caliber cartridge and then the firing pin had hit the primer there was a dent in the primer and like the bullet didn't go off and it was like the heaviest moment of my life i went and i was like at my mom's house that's a spiritual experience i went and i woke her up yeah i was crying i woke her up in the middle of the night and i was like mom i need help and that's like the first time I went to rehab. It was like right after that. Holy shit. It's heavy. And it's gnarly because it's like I attempted suicide, but in my mind, it wasn't like a cry for help where I like took pills and then I called someone or whatever. I like killed myself. I like literally put a gun to my head with one in the chamber and I pulled the trigger. And like that haunted me for years and it still does, but like the regret of like, I shouldn't be here right now because I like didn't just try to kill myself. I killed myself and it didn't work. For some reason, like, what are the chances of that going off? Like, yeah, Jeez. It's heavy. Yeah. So, like, anytime I hear about suicide now or like someone struggling in their head, I have nothing but like empathy because it's like I've been there and I know what it's like. Yeah. And I'm not saying like you know suicide is not the answer, but I don't like judge that or look down on it because you never know what someone's dealing with. And I know how it was in my brain when that was happening, and that was the only yeah. answer. And like we said, yeah, to some people that is. answer that's what they see is the only option and i just hope i can like offer help to people or be able to be a lifeline for people that are struggling and say like look i know what that's like i've been there and there is a way out and it doesn't feel like it right now and i get that it's not going to be immediate either it's not going to be tomorrow you're going to feel better next week but like if you put a little bit of pressure and have a little bit of courage to try something different you know things are going to turn around sooner or later Look at the statistics I just pulled up there. So that's the statistic saying what's the what what's the probability of a misfire of a bullet? Wow, ninety nine point nine 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 seven. 
So 0.0003% chance of that happening where the bullet didn't go off. And that right there is like, that was before that I was an atheist. That's like one of the reasons, and it didn't happen immediately, but looking back on it after a couple years had passed since that experience in 2010 is one of the reasons I believe in God. Cause I'm like, there's like a reason why I'm here. And there's a reason why that happened to me. And like, I could be all like dumb and mathematical about it. Well, it's just statistics. And I was just one of the 0.0003% chance. Yeah. Or I could be like, Hey, there's a reason why like God reached out his hand and said like, it's not your time yet. And there's something else you have to do on this earth. It gives me like chills, like talking about it right now. Cause it's like, well, well, yeah, look what you're doing now. You know, you've, you develop this help develop this nonprofit and you're, yeah. the, you're the you're the director and COO of the of the non you know what I, I that's some shit. I, I think about you a lot. I I think about you a lot because uh some of the stuff you told me about how you're like you felt like expectations. Yeah of like because because your your family is really successful and then you felt like some expectations that you needed to i don't know find wealth or whatever like find you know be this big lawyer in new york or whatever i've always felt like that but but it's happening yeah but it's (laughs) like what i what i think for you is like happening but i think you're gonna be it's gonna be on a whole nother level yeah. You know what I mean? In the in the service of other people, like And that's what I care about now. Like as long as I can just put a roof over my head and be able to support myself and my family and my daughter, like I'm okay. But my primary goal is to like be of service. It's not like what I what can I do for me? It's like what can I do to make the world a better place, to add to the stream of life. Yeah. Rather than take away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't really feel that much pressure about it anymore, but I have like pretty much my whole life. I remember you know, I got a full ride scholarship to college and then I lost it and still don't have my bachelor's degree. And it's like, I look at my peers that are all successful and doing big things. And then like, I don't trip out about that as much anymore because I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Well, you're doing what that angel wants you to do that stopped that bullet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's, that's pretty heavy. That's just, that's, that's sick how we just yeah. tied all that together. I, you know, as addict, I feel like as addicts, we're blessed with the gift to give back. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like when we walk through the shadows and come out on the other side, we have this. I I feel like we owe it to the addicts still struggling. Yeah. You yeah, know, to sure. help help them walk through what we've been through ourselves. Um, that's why this program's awesome. Built right. by addicts. Yeah. Run by addicts. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. For addicts. I know people will ask addicts, me about yeah. that. Like, oh, so like, are you a therapist or do you have therapists working there? I'm like. No, just no, a recovering no. addict. I'm just <laughs> everyone here. This entire that day, that day when we were all working in here, putting together this gym, like yeah, yeah. I just looked around and I literally <laughs> got teary. I looked around and it was all drug addicts, and and the money has been raised by drug addicts. The the we've just organized our groups. It's just it's really pure and special. You know, I you know I. Uh, had some meetings this week like therapists and different people obviously have come through and they they asked well so there's no therapy like no we refer out to therapists i believe in therapy but we're uh i think we're our, an organized program ran by uh recovering drug addicts and i think yeah. our program is like best suited that way like we don't need to bring in 
like outside things to like make it better. And I think if you look at our numbers, it's like we're more successful than most IOPs and rehabs. And right. we don't need to like have this entire clinical side where we're charging insurance to like pay time for, you know, professional PhD therapists. And it's like, I'm not talking down on that because I think that's needed and it's right. time and place. But what SOAR is now, like, I mean, the efficacy of the program speaks for itself and what we do speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. It's a program for addicts run by addicts. Built by addicts. Right. Yeah. It's special. Like, well, yeah. And, and uh, you can come in and create art in this place, your own art, you know. I, I, uh, I, I, and that gives people purpose. Like you can come in and you can, you're training, you can, you could become, you can work with people, life coach, LT's in here creating his art, you know, Jake's kind of starting this little big book side, Yeah. you know, it's just dope. And, and that gives people just, we can just keep building this thing yeah. because it allows people to do that. You know, yeah. Can I back up just a second? Yeah. Jump in here. Um, about the blessings of what Frank experienced with that misfire and what we've been through. And I always tell this to everybody. Um, it's called verb. It's out of this book called staying sober by Terrence Gorski. But it says, if you're feeling that way and you start feeling that pit and the stigma that we want to try to break is so that you can come in here and talk to us, start talking to people who are not going to accuse, criticize, or minimize what you're going through. And I think through our experiences and the dark depths that we've been through, we are blessed to be able to give that back to somebody. And I wish we could just, to the people that are afraid to reach out and ask for help that they, I wish we could just somehow listen, look, come talk to us. We're not going to accuse, minimize right. or criticize you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Like a, a safe place. You know, that's the, there's no stigma around like, being struggling in life around here you don't have to be afraid to come in and say i'm dark like i had these thoughts today or like i've been thinking yeah. about suicide or i'm addicted to whatever it could be anything from alcohol to bath salts to clorox yeah. and like we're not gonna be like like hey <laughs> yeah there's come no, in let's no, talk no to judgment. you like yeah. yeah there's nothing you can say because we are crazy too yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. either been there or been darker yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly I mean? that's that's what, dude, I love, I love that fact, bro. Like that I can just like this morning, my little deal or calling you last night or, you know, I, you know, I can just, I can call you guys with some crazy shit <laughs> right. and you're not going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, it's just, it's, well, I think that that vibe is spread out through here. That's why people come in here and the, they feel so comfortable in our groups, you know? Yeah. We get yeah. people to open up a lot, and oh, yeah. I think it's because of that. We we can all relate somehow, and there's no judgment. Yeah. So. Yeah, bro. Well, and even like in our gym, like so we're all training in the gym, and you know we're breaking off kind of in conversations as coaches and students, and and the walls get broken down in there. Like we, I I I do a, I can do a lot of good coaching and have some great conversations just standing there in the gym in an informal. Right. Yeah. You know, they're, during their rest or while they're back squatting. Hey, bro, yeah. how you doing, dude? What's going on in your brain? Oh, bro, I've been twisted up, you know. Right. And, and then yeah. it rolls there and you're sitting there. He's back squatting. <laughs> the endorphins are going. And it's amazing how much work you can do just yeah. hustling around there as a coach. That's yeah. why we have such beautiful groups, too. Yeah. We train before a group. Everybody's all fired up, feeling those endorphins. Yeah. And 
they're just everybody's open to sharing yeah and you're not like talking down to people like no. in the classroom like on the whiteboard like drawing this statistics and being like this is what you need it's not like school like you know we are at school but it's like we've all been there yeah we've all been the student so it's like we know what it's like you know? right like i just like you're saying like i use this program more than yeah. anyone <laughs> yeah right yeah we're all just bunch of bunch of student to coaches trying to yeah, figure this life trying, out trying to get it better and and having the support i i'm so thankful for it because like yeah. you know monday nights i kind of look at monday nights as my night to really be a student in the classroom you know like listen to you you right. know and, and like i don't i'm not trying to i don't really want to be a coach on monday night in the classroom you know what i mean yeah i need one of those nights where i just you know, I don't really, in like in that big book meeting we just go to, I just try to be a student, yeah. you know, like sometimes it's your turn to talk and sometimes yeah. it's your turn to listen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, I, I don't want to always feel like I need to be heard, you right. know, but, and that's, what's cool about it is that, you know, we're like those days when you're having a rough day, like I'm just going to sit in, I need to be a student tonight, dude. Don't, yeah. I'm going to talk about some shit I got going on, you yeah. know, and then someone else be the coach you know, right, yeah. for that night or whatever. That's helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, back over there before we all met. What a, what a, let's go into that. That's, it's pretty cool how we all met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, thankful for that. I, that experience of going and partnering over and moving into the world <laughs> of uh, traditional treatment. Yeah. Like war went. With, well, Wes and I were like in sober living together. Yeah, so we're living together, and then yeah. met you guys, met some good people. Like got linked up. Yeah, I think it was June two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank, you 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 started it over when we were still at um, the gym in South the gym Ogden. In South Ogden. Yeah, and then kind of when I was like finishing the program is when they moved, moved it, it over. Yeah, down into Kaysville or whatever. It was pretty cool when it was actually when we were over at the gym in Ogden. Yeah. And it just kind of morphed to a little different direction. But it still is sick, you know. It's it, funny how it's, like, changed. Because I never, like, since I went through, I've never left. I've just, like, been by your side the whole time, yeah, like, yeah. training. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. like, after, you know, working with you for, like, a year or something, we are like, sitting in a hot tub dude, at yeah. the athletic club. And you're like, dude, do you want to, like, help run this thing? <laughs> and I was like, God, I don't – I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I was like, dude, let's – let's why don't we you – know, it, it, was, it was cool because you, you kept it on track of being a nonprofit. Yeah. Thankful for your counsel on that. Cause I didn't know what direction to go. Like right. at that point I just was like, is war over? You know, right. we, am I done? Like I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Like that was a hard time right then for me actually, you know, and then I, then I took, uh, it was a really hard time. But then I took that job at Layton, which was a blessing. But yeah. I remember, remember I kept asking how do we do, or is it a for profit or what do I don't even know what to do. Yeah. And you kind of kept it online. Like, no, it's, Cause it was always a nonprofit, right? It's weird. It went nonprofit. Then we morphed into the treatment world and then we put it back to a better nonprofit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting transition. Yeah. Like, so it's been sick. Yeah. You know, those little groups we had when we first started, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when I first was done out there in Kaysville, when we, when we first started, 
you know, that yeah, little group. The with four like, o'clock groups. Yeah, the four yeah, yeah. the four o'clock yeah, group. Yeah, I remember. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know? What was yeah, Dustin? What was your first impression of Frank and then Wes when they first walked in to your gym? Oh, this would be good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I really well, Frank. I mean, um, he was he was a lot different. Um, Wes. Well, let's start with Frank. I mean, he was like just. I mean, you just were off a of heroin when I met you. Lt, I'll send you a picture of myself if you can put it on the screen somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But he was, uh, I don't know, 130 pounds. Yeah. So I remember he was smoking, <laughs> smoking dark, and he had all, he had it all. He had he just, he had all the answers. Just, yeah. Just, but he was, I don't know, what were you? Probably, you were probably like two weeks off of heroin. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you know, you'd gone. I think you kind of did like a, gone somewhere to get sober. Well, I went to a detox, and then I went on like a trip to Southern Utah to Moab for like. A few days and then i came back and started war so yeah you didn't even go into impatient no so yeah. this was you right here yeah yeah <laughs> wow that doesn't even look like you bro. so that was literally like in march <laughs> that was in march of 2018 and i met dustin in april of 2018 so that was like a month before i started war yeah do you even know where you're going in that picture i don't know man <laughs> nowhere good <laughs> dude that is wild bro like and then Wes, I, I oh, I right from the get go, I could tell I was gonna be able to get Wes on my team. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I remember living yeah. at sober living with him, and I'd be going to war, and he'd be yeah. like going to work, and he was in the other you know treatment program, and he like we'd talk to him, he'd be like, God, what you guys are doing sounds cool, you know? Like, how do I? Do <laughs> I'm in that? a classroom drawing my relapse cycle for the fifth time. Yeah, drawing with the crayons. <laughs> hey, build your house. Yeah. The walls represent right. your family. The right. roof is your recovery. Man, that program sounds like a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell them about how your mindset before you went in. Weren't you, you were really I was so depressed. depressed. Yeah, it was the most depressed I've ever been. So I had like I had just gotten out of inpatient. Um, and I finally decided to do the sober living thing. And so I had about 30 days clean. Uh and that they had me on all these like antidepressants and just everything. And I just remember feeling so depressed. Like I was doing the IOP and I just wasn't happy. Uh, I found myself sleeping a lot, yeah. watching Netflix. Yeah. And that's basically all I was doing. And I just, I needed something more, you know, I just quit drugs and I'm, st and now I'm just trying to figure out this life thing, right. how to live life sober. And it just wasn't fun. And so when uh you guys started doing the you started letting us come to the gym tuesdays <laughs> and thursdays <laughs> yeah or well you offered that yeah, yeah right, that, right right and uh you know there's a, a little group of us that would go there every tuesdays and thursdays and right. i and i remember just i i caught that reward so quickly yeah you did it got me out of my head is what i found yeah you know and i and i just i knew that 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 i needed that in my life yeah I remember that. I knew right away. I was like, "This dude's gonna get into this shit." Yeah. Like, he, like it, you know. Even and then, even when you had that relapse, I wasn't even worried. Yeah. You know, I. I felt like that relapse is important for me. Yeah, I learned a lot, um, especially about the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. I. Uh, honestly, and I going back to that, I can't even remember how it all happened. It just did, and I just remember I wanted to get back. 
I, I had about six months before that relapse. And uh, I just remember wanting to get back. I remember you had like started program. training and you were involved. Yeah. yeah. Then you went back home and like you didn't train for a few days and like you were lost, I think. Yeah. And then I you got like away relapsed. From everything. Yeah. But then I remember you saying that you learned that it's like that's why the gym like doesn't keep you sober by itself. It's just one of the things you use, but you have to do the whole lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. And I remember you bought into that, too. I remember you going, I think, on a trip with your girl. Hold on. Shout, shout out yeah, to Derek, Derek real quick. Derek, we miss we you, miss bro. We miss you. Love you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You need to come up and check check this place out, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That was my roommate. So we're living. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got really close with him. He's a good dude. Um, but though, I remember you went on a, like when you started kind of working on some spiritual stuff, you went to see your girl and like, and, and you came back and said that you guys had like prayed and like, yeah, we went to a church a couple times and and I was like, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Um, and I reading, yeah. And I realized like all along, I mean, that's what had been missing from my recovery. Right. And ultimately that's kind of what led to my relapse i just wasn't as spiritual as i needed to be right you know i was leaning too heavily we talk about it all the time the gym will not keep you sober right and that's kind of all i was doing right there in the beginning was i just relied so heavily on the gym so when i didn't have it i mean i was i was lost right and so yeah i just didn't have any other tools to help compete yeah so i fell right back into old habits yeah dude the and then that night you first hit 225. Oh, remember man. that? It's a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> I love watch, rewatching that. Clean video. 225, yeah. dude. And he was just so high. Yeah. And I, yeah. If you can get somebody to learn how to move and just like that, you know? Well, it just, for me, it just keeps me focused on goals, it keeps yeah. me goal oriented. So if I set a goal in the gym, I'm less likely to go out and do things that are going to take away from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to focus on getting good sleep at night. I'm going to focus on eating. You know, I'm not going to do things that are going to make that goal take longer. Right. And that's what it's helped me. Yeah. That's why I love the gym. Yeah. You know, on top of just having an outlet to compete with negative thoughts. Right. Yeah. No, it's dope. And then all of our, um, even that experience this morning and even the one, last week where we just did a walk to the cemetery yeah like the groups, changing it up a little yeah, bit the group stuff sometimes it's like the gym's just a little much i don't yeah. feel like always being intense or yeah. whatever like so yeah man it's been cool how the little journey's going it's gonna be interesting to see where it all goes and from here yeah you know i still trip you know like i worry it's worry. You worry. You know. You worry. We come into this new big building, and I just can't help but have a strong confidence that if we just keep doing what we're doing, things will work out. That it. I. I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't, because like yeah. somehow we've been I've, making it happen. Yeah. I. I've yeah. gone. This place has gone boo. Like you know. Um. But yeah. I. I've. I've never gone without. I've never been rich you know i've never i've never my kids have never felt anything i've always you know i've somehow always like stuff's gotten tight you know with with me and frank have seen the you know we got tight uh 
trying to cover some some things on the you know just the cover the cost of the facility or whatever yeah we've gotten tight before let's it was probably it was like during the pandemic yeah right when we were getting ready to move into this place i mean we were tripping it like to just to move into this place was like to just move make the move costed money yeah. you know and and how that's all worked out, I I just I have no reason to believe. Right, it's cool. Otherwise, yeah, that was a tough time, but you made it through it. But if a higher power can stop a bullet, he ain't gonna stop you from doing the right thing. <laughs> right. Uh, well said, LT. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it's so. I don't know. You guys want to ro- keep rolling, or uh, I just want to thank you guys for sitting down today. Yeah, yeah. this cool conversation. Yeah, and LT for facilitating it yeah, all. Yeah, I've got to yeah, give the you, shout out to LT. Yeah. He's our producer. He's the man and behind the scenes. We don't even have to do anything. We just sit we down and it's going. Come in here and talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad to be here. Thankful for him. He's, I, I mentioned it, but he's uh, been a good addition to our team. Um, he's, he's doing the program right now and he's brought, he, he uh, has an awesome story. LT, we just need to have you on next time. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to be on. Yeah, where we're all just talking again, and maybe you can talk about your put me on that side of the table and sit it back here. Yeah, yeah, where we're talk about your story a little bit and the the balls you took or the the kind of the risk you took. Yep. I'm, I'm, for this world, for this cause, and for you know trying to help people. Yeah, don't you think? Let's t- stop on this. Maybe our listeners can just. If you truly like have like something and cause, cause this disease is so bad so, like, like with everything, you know, suicide, depression, mental health, you know, all the struggles that the world has. Like, so if you have like, and you give a shit, you know, and you, and you go hard for people and you put together a system like we're, we're doing. Yeah. Like, how can that really fail? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's you just have faith and keep doing the right thing. Make right. sure your motives are right, and it all works out. Yeah, it has worked out. I don't have any reason to to believe otherwise. Right. Yeah. I, in my and when I start getting fear about that, someone needs to just slap me <laughs> because I have no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, like, right. I I know my, I know God's just saying, dude, just what is your why are you why are you fearing this, dude? Yeah. Have I let has this ever gone wrong yet? Right. It looks like financial. <laughs> Financial fears or financial insecurities are always one of the things that haunts like not just addicts, but everyone. Yeah. But like the more we put pressure on it and do the right thing and live spiritually, like the lesser that becomes in our lives because we have faith that things will work out if we just keep taking the next right step. Yeah. I always have to go back to that Bible verse and, you know, I like books and stuff. But look at the birds in the air. Look at the, you know, they do not reap. They don't sow, but your father in heaven feeds them. <laughs> what, right, are we, right. what are we worried about? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, let's end on that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Who's, um, we'll be back at it again. We're back on on, on every Saturday. We're going to be back at it. It'll be on all the LT. Do you want to say what, what, what it's all on? Yeah. So currently we're going to be live on the school the SOAR website or uh, Facebook page. We're on the YouTube page as well, live every Saturday morning, plus Twitch and Periscope. And then we're going to download it and you'll be able to find the podcast on Spotify, uh, iTunes, iTunes, uh, Apple podcasting as we get that little RCC figured out. 
but you'll be able to find it on the website. So we'll make sure. And if you don't know where it is and you can't find it, just hit us up. We'll, we'll, shoot, yeah. you, we'll shoot it for you. During the week, you can always go to our website and there's like a podcast page and like they'll always be on there too. Yep. Yeah. So thank you guys.